Today, we're going to talk about the metaverse. Well, Facebook was launched in 2004. The new focus will be on virtual reality, which Zuckerberg calls the metaverse. A platform where users will interact in virtual and augmented realities. Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang, and today on The Detail, what exactly is the metaverse? Big global corporations are all raving about it. Microsoft announced last week its plan to move apps like Teams into the metaverse. But controversial multi-billion dollar tech giant Facebook is taking it one step further. It's changed its name to Meta. When we look at their renaming to Meta and this big pivot to the metaverse, we have to put that in the context of the disaster that Facebook is confronting week to week. Facebook's internal research shows that for years, the company has studied practically every social ill that plagues its platform, from human trafficking to threats of violence. They've been plagued with scandals around misinformation, hate groups, selling people's data, but they're like, yeah, we'll change the name. That's the problem. This feels like uh, when there's an E. coli outbreak at a pizza place and they just changed the name from Sal and Tony's to Tony and Sal's. What are the reactions to Facebook's big move and should we even have something like the metaverse in the first place? Matt Bartlett is a professional teaching fellow at the Law School of the University of Auckland, specialising in tech. The metaverse is basically like a virtual world separate to the physical world where the idea is you'll be able to do whatever you want. So you'll be able to hang out with friends, you'll be able to work. There's a lot of work towards being able to do things like work out and play games in in this virtual world. Uh, It's a little bit hard to describe because it doesn't exist yet, but this is kind of like the broad vision. Is it kind of like, I don't know, have you seen Ready Player One or Know the Book? A whole virtual universe. People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do. But they stay because of all the things they can be. It's Steven Spielberg's 2018 sci-fi blockbuster, where the virtual world, the Oasis, is what the metaverse could look like. I think that's a really great way of explaining it. Um, I have seen the movie, have read the book, and I think that's actually a lot like what Facebook's presentation reminded me of. Facebook, new name, Meta. And I think the the other way that I I think is an easy way of explaining the metaverse to people is to think of Fortnite, the video game that's really, really, really popular. Um, And Fortnite began as just a battle royale where you would log on and, you know, shoot others and, and try to win the game. But it was so popular and it turned into such a popular way for people, especially younger people, to hang out online that it's beginning to morph into like a, a bit of a social network that's expanded into this pretty comprehensive online world. And in particular, one thing they've kind of gotten more into is getting musicians to come and perform in in the virtual world. So now in Fortnite, you don't just go on to play games, play play the game. You might log on to Fortnite just to talk to your friends, or you might log on to Fortnite 
to listen to someone like Ariana Grande. This past weekend saw Ariana Grande become the latest performer to put on a series of virtual concerts inside the popular online multiplayer game Fortnite. That's kind of like a pared-down version of the, quite hard to describe, broader vision of the metaverse. And so you can have different avatars, right? So the whole idea is that you can dress up how you like, have a completely different appearance, and you interact with people using your avatar. Avatars will be as common as profile pictures today, but instead of a static image, they're going to be living 3D representations of you. You'll probably have a photorealistic avatar for work, a stylized one for hanging out, and maybe even a fantasy one for gaming. Yeah, and I should say as well, that's that's one thing which I think put a lot of people off with Facebook's presentation is that you're running around with um, like quite cartoonish avatars. And I heard some people say online that it was similar to like playing a PlayStation 2 game, you know, the level of graphics on, on your avatar. Buzz, is that you? Of course it's me. You know I had to be the robot, man. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be the robot. <laughs> but I think that's exactly the kind of thing where we'll see quite a lot of progress in the next year or two. And Facebook already has got some pretty impressive technology in terms of capturing a, a hyper-realistic version of yourself, your face, what you look like, um, and transplanting it into an avatar in the virtual world. So I think that's one of the things where it's easy to look at that and be like, well, these avatars look so dumb. Why would I want to have that kind of mm. avatar in, the in a virtual world? But I think before too long, you'll be able to have a hyper-realistic portrayal of yourself if you want to. Is the idea that to engage in this virtual reality, we have to wear VR sets and, and things like that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think the way a lot of people are thinking about the metaverse, virtual reality plays quite a big role. What that would mean would be you have virtual reality glasses or goggles or a headset, and those already exist. And yeah, you'd, you'd use that to fully immerse yourself in whatever the virtual world is. But it doesn't have to be virtual reality. So the metaverse and virtual reality, they're not, they're not the same thing. Um, there are, there's this thing called augmented reality, which is slightly different. And augmented reality is about trying to bring digital things into the physical world. So it's, and that's, that's quite confusing. But I think a really easy example with that is something like the game Pokemon Go, which went really crazy in 2016. Pokemon Go was released in New Zealand last week and is already top of the App Store list. It's been downloaded over a million times globally in a few days. The game sends players walking around the world catching Pokemon and visiting landmarks using their phones, GPS and camera. That's an example of uh, an app that was putting something from the virtual world into the real world in the sense mm. that if you looked at your phone, you would see the real world, but there'd also be Pokemon to catch. And so there's some ideas that you'd have glasses that would do that with augmented reality glasses that would then do that on another level. So while you're walking around uh, with your glasses in the real world, um, maybe the, the glasses and the technology behind them will, will pop up messages in, in your field of vision and you might be able to do something with those messages. That's like a really basic idea, but that, that's another way of thinking about what the metaverse might mean. It doesn't have to mean you go into virtual reality, mm. but also might mean that more things from the virtual world start to enter the real world through things like those glasses and our phones. Are holograms also part of that? 
Yes, um, and Facebook slash Meta did talk about that um, as a way of trying to take something in the virtual world and, and displaying it in, in the real world through something like a hologram. I think just taking a back step, that this is what Facebook is trying to do. They're trying to imagine this very big virtual world. And the way I kind of interpret Facebook's business strategy is they want to be completely across the different bridges between the virtual metaverse and the real world, whether that looks like the hardware required to do virtual reality and augmented reality or something like holograms. That's where Facebook is seeing themselves as trying to build these bridges between the metaverse virtual world and the physical real world. How far away exactly is this technology? You said that Facebook is already looking into this. Yeah, Facebook's been intentionally quite vague around this. Like if you watch the the keynote, like Mark Zuckerberg, he'll say five years, then he'll say five to 10 years, then he'll say by the end of the decade. And so, you know, there's no, there's no fixed target. Um, I think around five years seems like a reasonable guess for some of these things to come come online, so to speak. Hmm. But I think I think another thing is just it, there isn't going to be like one day we have the metaverse. You know, Facebook releases it, we all enter the metaverse and and live our happy virtual lives. That's not going to happen. It's more like over the next five years, all the different building blocks of the metaverse are being built. Some of them, like um, Facebook already has like a virtual reality headset. Um, that already exists, but it'll get better and better. Other things like the hyper-realistic avatars I was talking about before, they've got maybe got another few years to go. And so all these different building blocks that combine to kind of form this, this huge picture of the metaverse, they're all kind of being worked upon. And that's why it's quite hard to pick a date um, or pick a particular year. But I think in five years' time, that, that seems to me to be a reasonable approximation of when most of us will probably spend some of our time in some kind of virtual world. And Facebook is far from the only company venturing into the metaverse. I mean, the, even the example I gave earlier, Fortnite and Epic Games, that is a, a kind of metaverse where you have a virtual world. They have over 200 million players who are going online to hang out with each other, listen to music, live music sometimes, and, and play games as well. Like, that's a form of metaverse that already exists. What, a lot of what Facebook is talking about, you can see elsewhere. So I definitely think you'll see a lot of the, the growth and a lot of the more um, explosive development from games and games companies who are already kind of, even if they don't call it the metaverse, have been building towards something like that for quite a long time. And a um, more depressing example Microsoft just released a bit of an announcement about their plans in the metaverse. And so people will be delighted to hear that um, Microsoft Office, including PowerPoint and Excel, will be coming to the metaverse. Wow. Yeah, I do not know if what I need in my life is a fully immersive version of Microsoft Excel. But, you know, I think that's the trend. The trend will be technology companies kind of seeing that this is the direction of travel and positioning each of their businesses to try to capture that as much as they can. Um, I think Facebook has now opened a huge conversation. We now call it the metaverse. But, um, yeah, they're far from the only player. Mm. And I should say as well, it's also not just the tech tech giants. Even in, in New Zealand, there are companies and there are groups working towards something like the metaverse. 
Justin Wellington, there's a company called um, Crypto Voxels, um, and they've built a virtual world as well, where you can go and you can you can own virtual land and you can yeah you can you can buy virtual art and, and that kind of thing. And so and that's in, that's a team and based in Wellington. So it's it's definitely not the case that Facebook have just had this great idea. Um, you know, like there's been a lot of, of work towards this for some time, and Facebook's far from the only big player. There are a lot of kind of hot takes online ready to kind of say the metaverse is this this bad thing. I, I don't, it's not as simple as it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's like other kinds of new technologies. It's like the internet. It's it's neutral, and then what people do with it can be really good and they can be really bad. Unfortunately, with Facebook on the internet and social media, we've got we, you know, there, there's a lot of reason to be pretty distrustful of what Facebook might try to do in the metaverse. And so some of the things that I worry about um, are around data and privacy, where Facebook has proven that it cannot be trusted with our personal information mm. and our data. If their utopian dream comes to reality, so we don't just use Facebook for social networking, but we also use it to learn, to work, to work out, to play, be very, very certain about the kind of data and personal information that Facebook would be collecting about me. And I would be seriously worried about their plans to monetize that data. And I think just more broadly than Facebook, I worry about what the metaverse means in terms of encroaching on our traditional institutions around government and around the law, because it's really not clear how laws will evolve if most people are spending most of their time in the metaverse and what that means in terms of who gets to set the rules, who enforces the rules. Uh, a lot of people just assume that it would be the technology companies themselves who would enforce the rules. And that's incredibly concerning, um, again, given some of the problems that we've seen over the last 10 years mm. with social networks like Facebook and companies like Google, these are companies with profit motives. They have companies looking to monetize the significant amount of data and information that they have. And because they've got those profit motives, we've always got to be on high alert with something like the metaverse, where we might spend a lot of our time on some application designed by a company with that much power. And so we've got to be critical and we've got to, I think, try to ensure that the law keeps up with technology and where people are actually spending all their time. In an affairs rebuke, Facebook whistleblower Frances Ogden has denounced the recent Facebook rebranding, urging her former boss Mark Zuckerberg to step down. She has accused the company of yet again prioritizing expansion over people's safety. Hogan was speaking in her first public address since she leaked internal documents about Facebook's inner workings. There are so many documents and there are so many potential nightmares for Facebook that the media is still going through these documents <laughs> to pinpoint all of the different controversies, disasters um, for Facebook. But overall, the picture is extremely grim. I'll give you a little bit of a taster. Um, there was a big spat between Facebook and Apple. Apple, not Facebook, Apple discovered that there were slave markets operating on Facebook. Actual, hey, you want to buy a person? And didn't take, per Apple, didn't take action fast enough to shut down these slavery markets. Um, there's some evidence that Facebook saw all the vaccine misinformation issues coming 
and did not take enough steps, did not take it as seriously as they should. When it did, the, the misinformation started to proliferate, particularly around the vaccine. There are new troubling revelations about Facebook. Internal documents suggest the company is having a tougher time managing vaccine misinformation than it's letting on. Facebook made it harder to report misinformation because their team was so overloaded with all the misinformation um, requests. They had split countries into tiers in order to allocate their resources in terms of tackling misinformation. And all, all of the resources were being allocated to the United States and Western countries. And so there were some really problematic issues where some of the countries, particularly in Africa, where misinformation is a real issue, Facebook had placed into tier C and was just not worried about it. And so you can see, you can piece together through these kinds of um, uh, internal documents that Facebook, how it's handling its kind of, um, I guess you could call the responsibility with all its billions of users. And it just very much seems like it's, it's, it's focused about protecting itself. And so I think when we look at their renaming to Meta and this big pivot to the metaverse, we have to put that in the context of the disaster that Facebook is confronting week to week. I think it would be at least a little bit naive not to think that Facebook's shift to meta and shift to the metaverse has nothing to do with the massive pressure that Facebook, the company, is under and the erosion of trust that they've suffered as a consequence of their own actions. Hmm. What have they said about all these revelations? Well, it's quite difficult because, there, again, there are so many of them. I cannot you know, <laughs> emphasise enough. I mean, it, it's kind of what you'd expect. Um, Facebook have come back and said, well, that's not the full picture. Other times they said, no, that's incorrect. Um, they've been pushed by the media to release more information that would let them prove that the um, allegations are incorrect. And for the most part, they have not done that. But Matt Bartlett doesn't believe Facebook's rebranding to Meta is only a PR fix-up. I'm not so cynical as to think this is a complete um, branding move. I think that Facebook is pivoting to the metaverse. They have made some pretty significant investments in things like Oculus, like a virtual reality platform. So they have been kind of signalling that this is the kind of direction they want to move in for some time. And so I, I believe that that's true. I believe that Zuckerberg actually does want to have a metaverse company rather than a social media company. But on the other hand, like Zuckerberg himself said in the keynote, lots of this is five to 10 years away. So if it's five to 10 years away, why the need to announce it this year, change your name and reposition? Mm. Why not next year? Why not in five years when you're ready to, to kind of launch a, a fully fledged metaverse when it's very clear that that's not what they have right now. They're building the building blocks. Um, and I think and to answer that question, it's it's pretty hard not to think about the massive controversies that the Facebook name um, has been engulfed in. Do you think a part of it is also to do with the fact that they want the jump on this? I think that's definitely part of it. Um, and you can even see, you know, just in the last day or so when Microsoft released the Satya Nadella, the Microsoft CEO released this video talking about, you know, the Microsoft metaverse, the corporate <laughs> metaverse. You know, I think Microsoft possibly a little bit annoyed that Facebook got the jump on them and, and making themselves a metaverse company. And that's a little bit of 
Microsoft saying, well, well, you know, we've got metaverse stuff going on as well. So, yep, yeah, I think you definitely can look at it as Facebook's thinking, okay, this is the future. Let's make ourselves uh, the the banner carrier for, for the metaverse. But I think they've got to be really careful. And I think that was a calculated risk because Facebook is under an immense amount of regulatory pressure, not just from things like the Facebook papers, like we were talking about before, but ongoing lawsuits alleging that Facebook runs a monopoly and that it's too powerful, essentially. And there's many politicians in the US who think that, on both sides of the aisle, who think that Facebook is too powerful as is and maybe even needs to be broken up. And so in that context, I think it's extremely bold for Facebook to come out and say, okay, guys, you think we're already too powerful, but we're also going to be building a ubiquitous metaverse where everyone is going to live. Yeah, Facebook changed their name, Meta, as in uh, when I joined Facebook, I met a lot of crazy people. The name is meant to reflect the company's new focus on its new online digital realm known as the Metaverse. Great, great. So we've reached the part of the movie where the corporation creates their own virtual world, okay? What do you say we skip the whole robot uprising to harvest our organs and just jump straight into the Thunderdome? Because that, that's a future I can live with. The company says the name Facebook is not going away. From now on, we're going to be metaverse first, not Facebook first. But don't you worry, the self-esteem of teenage girls will always be last. What were the reactions from industry commentators and, and yeah, and even politicians? A lot of scepticism. Uh, politicians, regulators, basically anyone who was already quite sceptical about Facebook, n- nobody thinks, oh, well... You know, we had these concerns, but because they're a metaverse company now and they're called Meta, we're not going to worry about it. I think from the technology industry and the media, I think it's more of a mixed bag. I think there's lots of genuine curiosity about the metaverse and what Facebook wants to do in that space. And I think in some quarters as well, there's some begrudging admiration for Mark Zuckerberg and, you know, his, his, I guess, boldness in being able to kind of say, well, look, this next technological frontier is the metaverse, and I'm going to tell you what it's going to be like, even though we don't actually know for sure yet because we haven't bought all of it. You know, it, it seems to me that some form of immersive virtual world does seem inevitable, but I, I think a lot of people just naturally don't want to spend their whole lives online. And and I think there's a lot of value to the idea that being in the real world is inherently valuable and nothing that the virtual world, no matter how immersive the metaverse gets, will be the same as actually being in a room with someone, actually being next to your friend or your colleague. And so I think I think there's some scepticism that the metaverse will be quite as fully immersive as, as or as fully attractive as it's sometimes made out to be. That's it for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and is a joint newsroom and RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Adrian Holley engineered this episode, Alexia Russell produced it, and thanks to Matt Bartlett. Matewa. Te